I'm joined now on the line by uh, Mr. Roy Mnisi, Executive Director at Master Builders South Africa, and also by Spamanza Mkwanazi, who's a property economist at uh, FNB, to talk about this. And Babu Mnisi, let me bring you in uh, here. Uh, uh, when you hear Roger Jardine speaking in the way that he does, and uh, you think about the st- current state of play in the sector, you know, if I was sitting here as a layperson, I'd probably be saying, why should we be bothered that the construction sector is failing in the manner that it is? Because it's clear that uh, certainly after the 2010 World Cup or during that World Cup and prior to it, that uh, uh, many of these construction companies that are failing now were engaged in a project of fleecing the state. Uh, good evening, Aya Bonga, and good evening to Metropolitan listeners. Uh, what a good introduction. Um Aya Bonga, I must indicate uh, first and foremost that um, it was indeed uh, unfortunate that um, during the time of construction of uh, World Cup stadiums and uh, other uh, projects that were aimed at supporting uh, the 2010 Soccer World Cup, um, there have been uh, some uh, uncompetitive uh, acts by uh, some of uh, the construction companies, big and small. Uh, but uh, I, I want to move away from that. And let me, before I move away from that, indicate that um, in as much as it was unfortunate, a whole lot of things have been done to actually try to make sure that uh, those companies that um, were found to have actually uh, acted in that manner are made to take responsibility for those actions. You'll remember very well, Ayam Bonga, that uh, in 2016, uh, government entered into an agreement with uh, some of those companies in terms of which an agreement was reached that uh, 1.5 billion had to be paid by this company over a period of 12 months. Yes. 12 years, uh, I want to say. So that was uh, one of the ways to try to uh, do good, you know, um, to uh, the unfortunate. Uh, to do good or to apologize? Uh, you can say both. Mm. Apologize as well. But it was transformational. It was actually developmental. It was aimed at making sure that uh, we build the industry and building the industry, not just for those companies, but that money was actually aimed at making sure that uh, we build the industry, we build the economy, we actually bring on board some of the people that were not able to enter the market. So those were some of the things that uh, were thought there. But let me move fast forward. Uh, To say that uh, good riddance, I mean, uh, the companies deserve it. It will be a little bit short-sighted, uh, Ayabonga. You have got to appreciate the fact that uh, these companies uh, employ a lot of people that were not necessarily part of those unfortunate incidents. They were not part of the collision. And if those companies are all to fall, I mean, all those people have got to lose their jobs. And over and above that, you have got to remember as well that uh, these companies are actually uh, subcontracting. Uh, there's a lot of subcontracting going on when you've got a project, a construction project. I mean, one company, for example, uh, I'll give an example, just a practical example. Uh, let's say Avenge Group, for example, mm. or WBHO. If they build, for example, Mall of Africa, I'm just using that as an example. There are a lot of subjects that are actually employed to do some work there, and some of those studies are solely relying on uh, subcontracting with those kind of companies that are not actually tendering in government, that special areas of operations are actually to follow those companies and make sure that they go in there as a subcontractor. So the, the effect of them collapsing, it's not just, I mean, uh, on them alone. It's on other people and other companies that are relying on them. And uh, I must say as well that um, you, you don't want a situation wherein in as much as the wrong thing has been done, 
you want to uh, collapse entirely the capacity of uh, the country to build infrastructure that has been built over a period of time. I mean, just in uh, at a go. Mm. So, but we are, unfortunately, we are seeing it to start happening, not necessarily because of the collision, but because of you know um, lots of things that are taking place in the economy and in the sector as well. In any event, mm. the companies are starting to feel the pain. Okay, but well, let's pause there, and uh, I'll come back to you on that particular issue. And let me bring in Spamandam Kwanazi to, I guess, to speak about some of the uh, issues here linked to the economy, linked, of course, to. Uh, I guess a weak uh, infrastructure spend on the part of the government and many other issues here. Uh, Spamadla, good evening to you and thank you so much uh, for taking time out to speak to us. When we look at uh, the uh, construction sector, what would we say, I guess, are uh, the two or three main issues that have uh, placed uh, the sector where it is now? We do know, I I guess, at a firm level that uh, there are all manner of other issues. I think in the case of... um, Murray and Roberts failed projects in uh, places uh, like uh, Uga- uh, Ghana or, or is it Group 5? I'm not, not too sure. One of the two there. And uh, all manner of other operational and firm level issues that are interacting with what's happening in the economy. But well, what is causing, I guess, the state of play in the construction sector? Right. No, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, Adam. Um, as you, you correctly point out, that there are operational um, issues there that one cannot really delve in because we don't have side of um, of what really the issues are um, at a mm. firm level. But just generally, um, if you look at what's, uh, what's been happening over the past 10 years, it's actually since the global financial crisis, who has actually been investing in this economy? It's mainly been um, the government and the SOEs. Um, and then now we know that government is fiscally constrained. Um, they can't do much more than what they have already done um, for a whole lot of other reasons. Um, and SOEs as well. Um, now they, 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 they are also um, fiscally constrained. You know, they can't do much um, for, a whole, for a whole lot of, 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 of reasons, um, um, as, as, we, as we all know. So we are left then with, with, with the private sector to do the investing in the economy because they, 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 the household um, contributes really, uh, really a very small proportion of, um, of investment in this economy, and uh, for the um, relevant for the construction sector, um, that that kind of investment is really not really not very relevant for the construction se- sector. So you are left with the private sector, which has not really been investing over the past ten years since the global financial crisis, mm. and that really has been um, the main problem um, in in in, in, um, in the South African economy. That um, our economic growth over the past ten years or so has been mainly been driven by um, consumption. So it's been consumption-driven economy, not necessarily investment-driven economy. And we can only do that for so long. The, the household can only do that for so long because if you don't invest, you're obviously not creating jobs and um, the, your, your capability, your ability to spend then goes down. Um, and it seems now that the household has run out of steam and therefore cannot really um, um, shoulder the economy any longer. So, 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 so what's happened is that the, really for the construction sector is no demand. Um, the, no one is really spending in, in, in investment in this country at the moment, and therefore that affects demand in, in, in the construction sector, and obviously that would affect their, um, their profitability. And we see that being cited in the FNB um, Silver um, Construction Index as the main inhibiting factor that it just is no activity in the sector at the moment, and the outlook doesn't look too good as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when we take a look at this uh, outlook, uh, uh, Babu Nisi, 
one would think that you, you've got an entire industry here of uh, major players, their subcontractors, and even uh, workers in this particular sector who, I guess, uh, find themselves in a tight squeeze here and uh, find themselves rather challenged. Uh, we're seeing, of course, uh, many even of the major players deciding to let go of some of their construction assets. Um, I, w- I would argue that this is an opportunity, certainly for some of the black players, to say, let's see what of what is left we can then take on uh, because the economy works in cycles. So uh, the uh, infrastructure, you know, uh, sector is going to boom once again. People are going to invest in it. The government is going to spend on infrastructure. And surely at that point, uh, the spend should be on a very transformed sector right from the majors straight through to uh, some of the subcontractors. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ayabonga. Um, I, I do not fully agree with uh, that notion. Okay. Uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, uh, for us to build the construction industry, you, you, you don't need the bigger players to fall so that uh, the smaller ones will take their space. You need to elevate the smaller ones so that they build, I mean, better capacity. Remember, we, we, we were not doing this just for building South Africa. We are doing this to build the world. So you want to be as more competitive as you can be mm. as a country. So you don't do that by saying, okay, let the bigger one collapse because of one, two, three, and then you give an opportunity to the smaller one to grow. But let me indicate, I mean, and I think I need to relate it to the point that I had made earlier. Sure. Some of, I mean, uh, the SMME, more especially black-owned companies, they are actually relying on these big contractors for them to be able to grow, for them to be able to increase their grading, for example. So you find that, I mean, if they are there by themselves and you don't have a bigger control that will be able to channel down, you know, some of this work, I mean, to have the, 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 the emerging contractors to grow, we all have to... All, I mean, tender, I mean, for one type of work, mm. all that to go the same direction. You know, there's no cross-pollination. But, I mean, if you allow these companies, these big companies, and you leverage on their capacity to build the national capacity, you know, to build our country's capacity to take any infrastructure development, a case in point, a very good case in point, was, I mean, the 2010 stadium. I mean, we didn't go out of South Africa to get you know, companies to build stadiums for us. Yes. We did it ourselves. But the moment you say, okay, maybe I don't need this one, so I need to give the others an opportunity, you, do, you don't do that. It's like in a country where you have got a lot of billionaires. You don't take from the billionaires so, to give to those that want so, to be billionaires. You build more billionaires. Yes, but let, me see, let me maybe clarify the point I'm trying to make there. We know that during that process of the voluntary rebuild program, which uh, you indicated yes. was a very transformative uh, apology, if I can put it that way. Yeah. It was quite clear that even from uh, certainly what Sandral was demanding by way of 50% plus one and even what was implied in that process is that there was a transfer of the existing capacity and of the existing assets into black ownership. And the point that I'm making is that that capacity doesn't just vanish overnight. Uh, yes, the ownership may have changed, but that capacity doesn't vanish overnight. And I'm saying, in the instance where the construction sector is able to be turned around, do we foresee a situation where that boom is going to benefit a by and large, I guess, uh, black industry by the time that happens? Yes, I, I, I get your point. But mm. maybe let me put it this way. If I'm a subcontractor, um, construction, sure. and I'm suddenly relying, I mean, for me to grow uh, on, um, let's say, Avengers, let's use Avengers as an example. Okay. And uh, for, for me, it's in my best interest 
that are being remain in existence, you yes. know, for me to no, be I able see. to grow. You. So if anything happened to that company, the knock-on effect affects my growth as well. So it mm. is for that reason that I'm saying that, I mean, uh, it's much better to have inclusive growth in terms of where everybody grows, whether you're a small contractor or you're a bigger contractor. Mm. That's the point that I was actually okay. trying to drive home. No, no, no. Well-made point there. And uh, Spamaja, let me, let me bring you in here. I mean, when we look at... Um, where the sector is now and uh, all of the dynamics that uh, you've outlined earlier on. Uh, I, I sit here and I ask myself, you know, in absent of any, I guess, growth in our economy, and uh, it's quite clear that all, by any forecast uh, that uh, we're likely not to see any of that growth, what what, what uh, do we see in the crystal ball? What ought we to anticipate uh, by way of, uh, I guess, the state of health of the construction sector? If the economy continues in this vein, uh, are we set to see more collapses? And if so, what, what impact is that going to have on uh, people at the bottom end of the pile, uh, many of those who are working people? Right. Um, so we, we, we base our views on, um, on the feedback we get from um, the, the, the players on the ground. Okay. And certainly their outlook is not, not a rosy one, unfortunately. Um, they, they say to us that um, um, they, 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 they've been running on um, activity really is, is not, um, there's not much activity in the, in, um, in the sector at the moment. And their outlook on, um, on, future, out, on, on future activity um, doesn't look too good. And you pointed out in your, in your introduction um, a very important point that this is such a, a, a labor-intensive sector, mm. um, a sector that is able to, to, to absorb semi and unskilled labor in, in South Africa. And we, have, we know that we, we've got an abundance of, um, of, of semi and unskilled labor in South Africa. Um, the construction and as well as the mining sector are, are two industries that are able to absorb um, that kind of labor, that kind of um, that kind of labor. So, so, so from an from an employment perspective, um, that is going to have a huge impact. We know that um, the construction sector contributes a lot in, in terms of employment in the country, and um, it's one it's one industry that is able to to employ people with with cycles. We know that when the cycle goes up, they they're more likely to to employ more people. Unlike, um, for example, the financial sector, where employment there remains relatively stable, um, um, even even through cycles. So even when, when, when the economy starts to pick up, the more we see um, this, um, this, uh, this, um, these companies closing down, it means that our ability to take advantage of the, ups, of the upswing um, is, is, going to be, um, is going to be limited. That, that doesn't mean, obviously, that um, with, with the closing down of the likes of Avenge and um, of the likes of Group 5, that we are going to lose the capacity completely. I agree with your point, um, with the point you made earlier. Um, it might just be an opportunity for, for the small, um, especially black-owned um, some construction companies mm. to take advantage of um, to take advantage of the gap that is that has been created. That's not to say, obviously, that uh, we don't need big players in the market. But um, the, the, the group fights of this of this world didn't start as group fights. Sure. Um, they started somewhere. So 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 it might just be an opportunity for the smaller ones. To 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 um, um to 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 um to grow you know, with with um to grow and take advantage of um of, of the upswing when the economy um when the economy recovers and I just want to make a point on 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 um on the competition in the industry if you if you follow the construction um cartel quite closely you will see that part of what they say is that it's it's, it's always been done um this this kind of activity has always been done in the construction sector so we might just be seeing a delay. 
So the, the natural consequence of competition is that the inefficient player is going to go out of the market, regardless of how big they are. So it, what we are seeing now it just might just be a, 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 a delayed impact of what, has, what, what should have happened a long time ago. If, 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 the sector has been, um, if the sector has been riding on anti-competitive behavior, it means that, that we never really had a sector to begin with. Mm. We, 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 we should have gotten rid of these players a long time ago um, and allowed space for a more for more efficient and smaller players to take advantage of, um, of, 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 the, of the market. Yeah. Gentlemen, let's pause there slightly. I've got one of our callers here who would like to weigh in on our conversation. Johannes, you are in Madrid. Good evening to you. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, brother. How are you? I'm good. Yes, uh, even myself, I own a company in the construction industry and I can tell you hey, it's it's difficult to penetrate. Mm. Yes, and I, I, I believe this. Uh, you see, the issue of land has actually slowed the construction industry down because now you have too much vacant land. The people who are able to purchase it through the bonds, they can't be able to put money in to actually drive the development. And the people whom are able to who have a little bit, who are just employees who can be able to contribute and everything in the construction industry, they are actually spending their money on rentals and everything because they do not have the land to actually drive that, uh, the, 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 like the individual uh, construction economy. So the, the problem that we are facing is that most of the money is consumed on high rentals, and there is no availability of land for people to uh, actually uh, back up small uh, business in, in construction to actually drive the construction economy. Mm, mm. And, you know, you know, Johannes, when you talk about some of these challenges, I, I mean, I like the point that you're making, which is that the, the land issue is intimately related to uh, the development uh, or not of some of the small contractors. Um, and w- when you look at your own business, what, what are some of the main barriers, I guess, uh, to entry uh, into uh, the developing or the developer space uh, that uh, you have? Uh, first of all, uh I, I, I don't I, I, I like I, I don't want to drive it to the issue but most of the time uh, when you have let's say an opening of some developments and then you go there you put in your own proposal first of all they want certain amounts of money that should be put in insurances and uh, and actually actually doing the work and in the black, as, as a black uh, owner, business owner in the construction industry, I do not have like the likes of fifty million of insurance mm. to actually do to actually win the the, the, the bid, not even do the work. Mm, mm, mm. So now I need fifty million of insurance, and then I even need to complete the work before I get sure. paid, or even if I do the arrangement in terms of payment, but I will still need at least uh, around two, three million a month to actually get material, get the people in and actually get the plans rolling. Sure, sure. Thank you so much uh, for that, uh, Johannes. And, and I think it, it touches on some of the issues uh, that uh, both Roy and Spamandla were raising uh, when it comes uh, to, uh, I guess, the capacity and the distinction between some of the larger and more smaller players. Let me take one of our other callers, uh, Anonza, uh, joining us all the way out in uh, Kempton Park. Molo, Anonza. Molo, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Yes, uh, I really like the topics that you guys have in today. Um, 
I'm the lady who's running construction. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm commenting, again, the guy that was just talking now uh, with the issue of the land and also the capital. Yes. I want to add on that. I mean, he's, he's 100% right, you know. And on the other issues is that when we come to pricing and, and you know, when you do your um, bill of quantities and stuff, we we always facing the, the the challenges whereby most of the big fish they need the cheap labors, and that's where we actually you know feeling that we're going down. We don't actually grow. There is mm. no growth in the industry because they're looking for the cheap labors, and the next thing you will see, okay, now all of this like our our neighbors guys like Zimbabwe and Mozambique and all that. They will be using all these guys. And for us now, we're standing there with no opportunities, with no growth in our company, nothing. Mm-hmm. Anonza, thank you so much for that call. And of course, Anonza, uh, overlaying, I guess, some of the uh, labor issues. And it sometimes does feel like a race to the bottom because if I'm a small contra- construction player, I, I want to ensure that when I bid for that big tender, I'm going to come in at a cost much lower than anybody else. And of course, uh, the people that are going to take the squeeze for that in many instances are the workers. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, Many of many of construction people often say that you're going to have to go to the more desperate, uh, you know, uh, workers who come from uh, neighboring countries who uh, I guess feel that they aren't protected by our labor legislation, which is also rather surprising. But uh, that being said, let me bring you in here, Spamandla. Uh, on the question that uh, uh, Johannes was raising there, land and capital, and uh, I would think certainly on your end as uh, FNB, uh, one of the big issues is that many of them would come to a bank like FNB and say, look, I need this kind of guarantee, I need this kind of sort of risk management support or guarantee or some form of capital in order for me to bid for the bigger projects and uh, bolster my capacity. And it continues to uh, uh, create a barrier to entry into some of the bigger projects and a barrier to the transformation of the sector. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it's part of um, barriers to entry. I mean, um, if you if you if you if you if you read about um, the history of cartels, you you'll see that it's difficult to run a cartel in a, in an industry where um, barriers to entry. Oh, no, yeah. Um, mm. There aren't any barriers to entry. Mm. Um, let me put it that way. Um, so yeah, barriers to entry in the market are high, and um, access to finance is indeed one of those um, barriers for 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 for, for smaller. Um, uh, participants in the market to deal with, but that's where development um, FDIs um, come in, especially um, the, uh, the likes of DT, um, the likes of um, 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 what do they call, what do you call them now? Um, There's the, the Southern African um, Development Bank and, and the likes of and the likes. Um, that's where they come in to fill that gap. Um, of um, so so because if you are a commercial bank, um, your decision to lend is based on risk. So if if you cannot if you cannot account for risk, you are likely um, to lend to that particular um, to that particular company or to that particular client. But that's where the FDIs come in to fill in that gap that um, the commercial banks aren't able to, that are, um, commercial banks aren't able um, to fill in the market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just as we wrap up, Babum Nisi, uh, your response to the two callers that we've had, uh, and I'd love to hear you out maybe on the issue of uh, some of the barriers that are related to uh, the allocation of land and spatial planning and uh, zoning and all manner of other issues. And, of course, in addition to that, some of the labor concerns that uh, Anonza was raising. Well, thank you. Um, I- indeed, you know, um, access to finance remains a challenge for small businesses. 
uh, in South Africa, not only in the construction sector, but across uh, all sectors of uh, the economy. It's something that uh, we need to deal with decisively as uh, the country because it remains a huge problem for SNME. Uh, the issue of um, the cheap labor from uh, neighboring countries, I think uh, this is a critical issue. We debate about it all the time. But suffice to say that um, we, uh, as the construction industry, we are very much uh, aware of uh, the laws that uh, regulate, I mean, the employment of foreign nationals. I mean, it's, it's very clear. And what we have been seeing happening, I'm not quite sure whether it's uh, prevalent in some areas, but uh, according to the information that we have, I mean, uh, most of the people, most of the construction companies, they are actually appointing or employing people that are legitimate or people that qualify to be appointed in the country. Whether or not uh, you want to call that uh, cheap, that's another debate. But, mm. um, yeah, so we shouldn't look at uh, all foreign nationals, I mean, from neighboring countries that no, are on the construction sure. side. Definitely. As uh, cheap labor, yeah, I, I don't yeah. buy today. That's not always the case. But yeah, you get traces of it here and there. No, you're correct, and it's definitely in every sector. And it's something that, I mean, we have got to deal with. I'm very much glad that, I mean, uh, recently we have been hearing government talking about border controls, talking about, I mean, all lot of things that will as well alleviate, I mean, uh, the problem in instances where people are actually uh, employing foreign nationals. But contractors, by the way, if, I mean, um, you are aware that there may be a contractor somewhere, big or small, that is actually appointing illegal immigrants, surely you should be able to um, raise your hands and make sure Mm. that authorities are well aware of. I mean, we are an organization that represents the builders, so we need to know about that as well so that we yeah. can share those people if they are our members because okay. we also do self-policing as well. Um, the barrier to the market, you know, construction uh, industry is high-risk, low-margin industry. So it makes it difficult, to, I mean, difficult for, you know, emerging contractors to actually uh, get in. There are just a lot of things that we have got to deal with. There, there are other things that I thought We'll get an opportunity to talk about, but in the interest of time, I don't think we'll get to that. I mean, this is an industry where it, it becomes so difficult, big or small, you know, to get a contract somewhere. Even if you have got a contract, you have got this armed community forums that are making mm. it difficult. So you wanted you to know, talk about Telang Ogbon? Aye, Babu I don't want to go there. I'm just I mean, <laughs> highlighting, you know, some of I sure. mean, um, the challenges that I mean, we are facing. And mm. by the way, even if you are an emerging contractor, you will have to pay for all course. those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. It's not only access to finance. Even when you sure. have got work, you mm. will have to deal with those kind of things. In government, you have got late payments, sure, non-payments. Sure. You have got to deal with all those kind of things. Okay. So it's a very difficult time. It's a sure. very difficult sector to be in. And we urge our emerging contractors I mean, uh, mm. to and understand that okay. it's not a kind of industry where you can get in there and all of a sudden in a year or two you start seeing I mean, sure. um, some huge profits and some huge margins. Thank you very so much. We'll have to leave it there that there's a Roy Mnisi and uh, uh, of course uh, Mr. Mkwanazi they're joining us from FNB.